0: Welcome back to the Act 2 podcast, a podcast for the real-life working screenwriter. I am Tasha Hugh.
1: And I am Josh Hallman.
0: As a reminder, Act 2 is a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter, of which this podcast is just one of our many initiatives. So thank you for joining us here. You can find another initiative on our Patreon starting November 30th. So check out our socials. Check out here for the link as well. Um, and then, you know, DM us if you'd like questions, topic suggestions, what the hell is our Patreon? All of that We'll take it. You can reach out to us at Act 2 writers at gmail.com, all spelled out or on our Instagram and Twitter at Act Two Writers. I'm there as well. I' am Story Thursday on Instagram or Tasha 3.0 on Twitter.
1: I am Joshua Hallman on Twitter, Josh Hallman on Instagram. And uh, this is a first today, Tasha. Is it? I am in my daughter's bedroom recording mm. a podcast
0: You are a multitasker
1: Highlight, low light, don't know, but I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. We'll find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> We're going to find out. Listeners, I apologize if you hear someone in the background. Listen. Children get sick from time to time. Parents have to stay home with them. There's a lot there's a lot going on. You're a parent, and this is what you have to do. So I'm here <laughs> You're about to
0: get sick too. You're no, about to. No, get no, no. So don't sick. even
1: No, 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 no. I don't get sick. I just break my ankle. (laughs)
0: It's weird. (laughs) Well, today we are going to talk about clarity of concept in a pilot. What does that mean? Why do people ask for it? Why does my manager always ask for it? Josh and I both had a a recent experience in our writers group where um, both of our problems were clarity of concept in our pilots. So we're going to talk about what the hell that means and, and all of that. But before we do that, this week in writing.
1: This Week in Writing. This Week in Writing. So this is a Mike Flanagan story. Okay, this is what happened. Tasha, Dave, and myself were all having a conversation. And I brought up the fact that years and years ago, I was working at a company... That was like worked in distribution, and I was the creative exec there. I didn't really know what I was fully doing there. That company helped get Mike Flanagan's first movie, Absentia Distribution. And I was telling Tasha and Dave that I was like, yeah, I met Mike Flanagan. like, like this was like 12 years ago, something like that. And I met him at a very early stage. In his career, to which both of you were a little surprised by me, freaked bringing this... out
0: because we talk about him all the time
1: <laughs> 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 about
0: how we're so inspired by his work, and Josh has just kept quiet. He's just kept this story to himself. <laughs> the
1: the 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 important thing about this, and why why this is important, and like Tasha and I talked about this, was Flanagan started where everyone else started. As a matter of fact. This is this is not me trying to say one thing or another, but I saw a Kickstarter of Mike Flanagan, um, which was great at that time. Kickstarter maybe is probably is still a very big thing, but he basically shot this film uh, on his own dime or or, I mean through, through Kickstarter and on his own dime. And it was this indie film. I remember watching this film and being like, this dude's awesome. And it was obviously an indie film. I swear to God, I don't mean to sound like this this thing. And I remember meeting him and a group of his friends. And it was at the office. I fully got behind it.
0: In my head, it's like a myth. It's like Josh walked into his boss's office and was like, you need to buy this man's movie. He is a genius. He's going to go so far. And your boss didn't believe you. And Josh had to like throw down his weight. And
1: No, no, no. Well, as a matter of fact, the company was like a middleman between... The, the filmmaker and so we didn't buy anything there was no purchase mm. of anything it was more of the assistance of just trying to get it out there and uh, i remember just loving this film but this is all to say it was like it's something anyone could do you could film a yeah. movie you could go out you could find distribution and now you can go on to do some of the most amazing work over the last 10 years and it can happen yeah that's 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 my this week in writing i and do, am i taking credit for his career i, I don't know <laughs> Listen. You, you decide. You, I mean, listen. That's that's up to you. But um, um, no, no, no. I. It's
0: great. I. I mean, and I would encourage people to go and find the Kickstarter because it's it is. It's like, oh, he's one of us. One of yeah. us. So I you mean, watched that's, it. That's how it feels. Yeah. I watched the the video on the Absentia. Uh, Kickstarter. And it's just, it's Mike Flanagan talking to the camera, asking for money and being quirky and, and funny. And it's great. It's great. Because yes, I think, and this is Flanagan, it's Spielberg, it's everybody who inspires you like we all think they're sort of like these gods amongst men and they have like a secret sauce. And in some ways they do, right? They they have a talent, they have a creativity um, that clearly sparks with a lot of people. But their careers, in terms of their careers and how they're built they start like everybody else. Um, there, there are clear steps we can all take to become these big directors and big writers. And I think that's an important thing to remember, because I think as screenwriters, it just feels like a dream. It's, it's billed as an impossible dream that can't be attained. And it's not entirely true. It's just difficult.
1: Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is really, if you do go back and if you see this film, again, called Absentia, it you can see like the seeds of a really really great filmmaker, and I'm not just saying this. When we had Jeff Howard on, he talked about how he's like he just knew something mm-hmm. that was like great about him. And I remember thinking and having this conversation uh, uh, with people, just being like, "This is a really like there's some cool scares in this. Obviously, it was low mm. budget, but you could just see it. I swear to you."
0: Yeah, I want to check that out now.
1: I want him on the podcast. It'll happen. I agree.
0: Okay. One of my this weeks in writing is I am breaking a network show with a writer friend of mine. and we we broke the pilot. We had our characters. And then, as we started building out what the series and season were going to be like because we're going to pitch it. If it's a network show, we have been told anyways by by reps and producers that they prefer to hear pitches rather than actual. Um, pilots in in network television. So we are prepping our pitch. So as part of our pitch, of course, we have to figure out what our season is so we can pitch that and what our series is. But as we started doing that, we we felt ourselves not understanding what our characters were going after. And we were like, "Uh uh-oh, something's wrong. We have to rebuild something here. And what we did was we reverse engineered the character relationship we wanted. So take a step back. Um, If you think of network shows that you love, for me, it's like X-Files, Supernatural, like these shows that have character relationships that are just so fun to watch. I can watch Mulder and Scully do anything. They could go to a grocery store and I'd be like, cool, I'm so in on this episode. And that's super important because especially if your show is going to you know, be 14 seasons, God bless you, um, you're going to run out of story in some way. And it's really going to be the characters that pull you through and get people invested. And also, I think a part of network TV is that so much has already been done that's out there. It's almost hard to be like totally new and totally unique, except with your characters and their dynamics. So we went back and instead of thinking about plot and story and Um, The beats that we wanted to hit and the midpoints, we were like, what is the character dynamic between our two characters that people are going to absolutely fall in love with? And we spent an entire session of like an hour and a half just breaking down how fun they're going to be together. And then that got us re-excited. We're like, okay, now we know that the pilot has to be different because they have to meet in a different way now that they're these two people. And the show and like how it's going to progress now has to be different because Their wants are different now that they're these two people who interact together this way. And I just thought it was very interesting because when I start in, like, drama, hour-long drama, um, that's usually for streaming or kind of, like, quote-unquote cable, I feel like I start from thematics and yes, characters, but not necessarily like how the characters are going to interact together on screen and what is their dynamic. I just, I start with sort of like bigger ideas, but for network, it was sort of a different starting point that I think immediately made the show feel more fun and more networky. So that was just a a learning lesson for me because it's my first network show that I've tried.
1: And sorry, was this a recommendation for you to try it that way?
0: No, that's just what we did.
1: Oh, so you just kind of cracked the code on your own.
0: I guess, yeah. Well,
1: that's awesome. That's interesting. Yeah, so not not so much thematic, but more so character dynamic within each scene and how they're going to play out with each other.
0: Yeah. Damn. Yeah.
1: There is no one way to write. That is- No one way. Okay, I just have one more.
0: Okay.
1: I watched The Killer on Netflix with Michael okay. Fassbender, the uh, David Fincher film. Have you watched it yet?
0: No, not yet.
1: Okay. It was interesting because it was voiceover mostly throughout- Well, definitely within the first act. And then as the movie progresses, there is just voiceover and it pushes the story forward. It gives you insight on the mind of the killer. And I thought it worked. I love it. I also love David Fincher and I kind of wish I saw the movie in a theater. I would just love to know when you do see it or anyone who has seen it, the opinion on the voiceover and if it worked and just kind of study, at least in my opinion, why it did work. I do think it sort of worked because of the personality in which, fassbender is
0: mm. and like the actor or the, 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 the character, character. Mm. the
1: character is um i don't want to give away too much but he's he's an internal character and he's kind of alone he's secluded and i think that lends to the voiceover working yeah and so it's a case-by-case basis but it really did it like push the entire story forward and i was like mm. dude voiceover
0: interesting because yeah A lot of people are against voiceover. They think it's a cheat. They think it's too easy. You're telling the audience something rather than showing them. But I think if you, yeah, of course, if you execute anything, people also say that about flashbacks and dream sequences. But of course, there are plenty of examples where those are so key to everything. Um, That's cool. I'm super excited to watch it now.
1: You should watch it. Not only that, it has one of the best fight scenes that I've seen in Whoa. a very long time. You know what? We need to talk about The Killer when you watch it. We're going to okay, break down right. this, this this one fight scene that I always like okay, sweating. Cool. My palms were actually sweating.
0: Oh, I love it.
1: Yeah. So, okay. You'll know. Awesome.
0: Um, can I do, since you started talking about things that you've watched recently, can I, can I finish out this this week in writing with a couple things I've watched? Absolutely. One is Blue Eye Samurai on Netflix. It's an adult animated show. It's an hour long. Please go watch this show, guys. Please. If you don't like animation, watch it anyways, because you are going to realize what animation can do. It is so cinematic. It is so beautiful. It is violent. It is sexual, but all based in character. And it, the basic logline is that it takes place in around the 1600s in Japan, at a time when Japan has closed its doors to outsiders. But... Um, This one woman who is masquerading as a man, um, and she has since she was a child, um, who has blue eyes, has been um, rejected by society. If anyone sees her blue eyes, she's beaten, she's thrown out, she's treated like a dog or less than. And so she has grown up teaching herself how to become a samurai so she can get revenge on the four men who raped her mother. And that's wow. why she has blue eyes because a white man had had raped her mother. Um, and it's so fantastic, you guys. It just, like, it came out of nowhere for me. Like, I learned about it watching Netflix Geeked Week stuff because Two Raider stuff is on there. And I was like, oh, what is this beautiful show? And then <laughs> as soon as we saw the pilot, like, everyone I know is talking about it. <laughs> just, it's, it's amazing. And this is a show that I think, because it was so under the radar, it didn't, like, really become a hit for Netflix the way that they need it to for season two to come out. But I think, I'm confident that word of mouth is going to make this thing a hit. So please yeah. go watch the pilot and then become obsessed like I am.
1: Is it based off of anything?
0: I don't actually know. I think the story that I read was that um, Michael Green is is one of the writers. He's the co-creator of the show with his wife. He wrote um, Logan, for example. And Uh, they, it's the article that I read where they're interviewed, it says that they, um, were inspired by their own daughter because they are, they have a mixed race daughter. Um, and they wanted like a a show that like empowered her basically and made her feel that her difference was not actually, um, a curse. It was, it was like a a superpower. Um, so I, I don't know that that's, that's all the sort of information I have on what it's based on.
1: Awesome. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and then the second thing, and then I'll be done with this week in writing. Is I finished Loki? We kind of binged the whole episode three to three to six last night. And have you seen it?
1: No, but I I, I had the sense because I was messaging you yesterday, and mm-hmm. you there was like radio silence, and then the mm-hmm. next text I got back from you was like I just finished Loki, and <laughs> yeah. and it, it, I just read the text it was like I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> like I just went through something and now I'm out of it.
0: And that's I, I, I was, how it uh, felt. <laughs>
1: yeah i, I actually have I actually have three episodes left of Loki.
0: Okay, here's.
1: <sighs> it's okay. Go for it.
0: I'm not going to spoil anything, but I think like this week in writing part of this of my experience and watching it was I was absolutely confused the entire show. I still ha- I've read articles about what was season two about, and I still don't understand it. But Tom Hiddleston is such a good actor. He's so engaging to watch on screen. Every line he delivers is perfection. And then him paired with Owen Wilson and also Ouroboros yeah, uh, is like so good um, that like it's just completely watchable because I'm invested in like this little team being amazing and succeeding. And I don't understand what they're doing to succeed, but I just want them to succeed. And it was enough to make us binge it. Like we didn't get it at all, but we just kept watching because we needed to know if they survived or not. Um, And it's just an interesting lesson in writing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, one last note on this. I also have no idea what the show is about. And if it wasn't, I think you're absolutely right. If it wasn't for hiddleston being so charismatic and loki-ish i don't yeah. know if i would i like if it wasn't him i'm not sure i'd finish this show
0: a hundred percent agree
1: yeah anyway okay okay big topic all
0: right and topic i'll set this up for us josh Please. and i both submitted a pilot We went to writer's group. My manager came to writer's group because she um, is my manager and I wanted notes from her on my pilot and might as well come to writer's group to deliver those notes. It was also sort of a crafty Machiavellian play on my part, because when she's with you guys, she's much nicer to me (laughs) than when she's just with me. Um, But she had notes on both Josh and I's pilots, which was that the concept is not clear and it took me the entire session and I feel like we had like an hour and a half, 2 hour session to like fully embrace what she was talking about and like let it sink in because to me the pilot is very clear. Like the concept of what this show is, which is three amateur detectives who are in their 60s decide to take on a cold case from someone who died when they were teenagers. Like how is that not clear? And then as we the more we started talking about the more I realized we were trying to do too much in the pilot. Like, there's a supernatural aspect, and because the audience is coming in in the pilot, and there's like a lot of supernatural stuff going on, they're like, "Oh, this is a supernatural show," but it's not. Like, that's not the that's not sort of the key to the show. That's not the point of the show. It's just an aspect of the show. One of the characters has a kind of like fifth sight and sixth sight. <laughs> she has yeah. a sixth sense um, yeah. that allows her to sort of see see beyond the ba- the veil but that's not what the show's about but because it was, we had made it so much a part of that character's story in the pilot that suddenly became confusing and then also we had um, we had a, a character who who dies in the pilot but what the women are investigating are not her death even though she's a friend of theirs they're investigating um the, the death that happened, you know, back in the 80s when they were kids. And that's confusing, too, because if there's a death that happens in the pilot from someone that they know, why are we not investigating that instead of, the, the thing in the past like and then I also did we also did flashbacks so even as I'm talking you can tell there's a lot going on right we did sure. flashbacks where because these women are in their 60s we had flashback to when they were teenagers in the 80s when that girl had disappeared and that was confusing too because it's like oh is this a show that's kind of like it that we're going back and forth in time and both of those stories are equally important and equally weighted so the fact that all of this we were kind of shoving in the pilot that I thought was clear <laughs> um now that i'm even re- regurgitating it it's clear there was too much going on and so when my manager read it and i think all of your guys' notes pointed to this as well there was a sense of like well what am i investing in which character am i investing in what story am i investing in? is it the supernatural is it the murder from 1986 is it the murder now and so now dave and i who i'm writing the pilot with we have to go back and we're going to re-break the entire pilot and like really rethink what we need like the grounding aspect of the pilot itself to be as well mm-hmm. as the show at large. Meaning what as an audience member are you going to be investing in from day one and excited to watch every week as we move forward? And um, it's a lot of work. I don't want to do it, <laughs> but I am excited now because I sort of see the light that like the show is going to be better.
1: Yeah. I feel like at that group, there was a lot thrown at you. Yeah. And you guys did a very, what you just did, you're doing a very good job of handling it. And I think at the beginning of that, you said you need to just sit on it for like an hour or two. I've been sitting on mine for like four days or whenever we (laughs) had group. Um, So just to kind of go into my issues and then we're going to kind of bring this back. I almost feel like I have an opposite problem from what you just described. You threw a lot into your pilot. Whereas I think what my pilot was not there wasn't enough there was just kind of this this general concept the, the idea of my pilot was this this couple comes into this uh really affluent p- private school and now they're suddenly thrust into like these school politics and it's supposed to be a little white lotusy in there and it is it's dealing with that and then they become like the people that they don't want to become essentially mm-hmm. that it that that's just not enough and everyone's been giving me the note and I think I met talk to you because I even I there was just, I've gotten the note that there's no hook, there needs to be more, and mm. and it's just something I've really been struggling with because it's, like, in my head and heart, I know exactly what I want this show to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, it's just not that. So I get the note, like, no, this is just not enough. It's not engaging. No one's going to care. You're not the first person who's, like, come up with this this concept, mm-hmm. this, like, you know, dynamic of these kind of people you know it has to be something that's really uh that really pops and really gets really gets attention and there has to be a bigger conceptual hook Mm -hmm. um and i don't know why but i've just been fighting that like
0: yeah
1: it just and i i know everyone's right that's the thing but when i start implementing a hook i think it starts changing the story a bit yeah
0: i think your instinct is right I think it is. And I think everyone, like, for example, at at writer's group, everyone was like, can they be con artists? And this is like kind of a big heisty kind of show or can they be spies or whatever? And I know that's not the show you want to write. You want to write something more like White Lotus that's more grounded, that's more realistic, that's more about the characters and their interactions. And I think The Solve is less about finding like a big genre hook, which is, I think, just the solution people are pitching you and more about looking at how to make the thing that you love about it, like shine harder. Yeah. And like, I was thinking, even as you were talking about the show community where Mm -hmm. the the main character in that show, like the only thing that's at stake for that show. And I know it's different. It's a comedy, but like yours is also a 30 minute. um, But the only thing that's at stake for him is like, he was, I think a lawyer, who got found out that like he didn't have a degree. So he's Mm -hmm. being forced to go through community college, which he fucking hates because he's been on top of the world his whole life. And now he's in this stupid community college with a bunch of losers, but he has to go through it to get his degree so that he can like go back to his old life. And of course the arc of the series is that the old life is not the life that is actually right for him and that he really actually wants. But like that's all that's at stake, (laughs) right? So I think like what's at stake just has to be really important for your character. And really transformative for how they behave and who they are and how they behave with others. So I feel like it's just, to be honest, like scene work and maybe like the choices of the scenes you've chosen um, that needs to be changed rather than like a huge concept. And then I think your concept will shine through.
1: I love hearing this and I agree. Another thing that I was um, that I was bumping into and I was well aware of this and it was pointed out to me. Uh, rightfully so by my manager and maybe by some other people, but my main characters were seemingly the least interesting people. Mm. Like they were just kind of like the run of the mill people entering. And on one hand, I like it because I re- it was like this arc of of the, who the characters are. But I understand like my ca- there was no problems with my character, my lead, my, yeah. my my main couple, and that's a problem if you're not really like invested in your your main couple and like dude, who cares about this? Yeah. So,
0: there needs to be drama between them somehow.
1: There needs to be some drama. and I talk It doesn't to have you... to be
0: conflict. It just has to be like drama. Mate, just I drama.
1: Think. Yeah.
0: Because you want them to be like a loving couple. You don't want them to be like to have secrets from each other that are dangerous or anything like that, right? They're just no. a loving couple who like goes through some shit together.
1: Yeah. I will say after group though, I did start having some thoughts of I was like, okay, how can I kind of shoehorn this bigger idea into exactly what i want to try to like elevate mm-hmm. it just a little bit
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm gonna have some thoughts and we'll see if it works or not okay. um I, I know you're gonna read the next draft and be like what have you done but this you know what's interesting it's about it It's part of the process this is definitely one of those things where i don't want to write it if it's not exactly I mean, listen, I'm open to ideas, but like the core of what I wanted to do in the the get go and with my wife, what we had talked about, like that, that was what excited me about it. And then once you start adding on, and I'm just bringing this up because I think this can happen to anybody. Once you start adding on things, it's like a sandwich. You're like, I just want a peanut butter and jelly. And someone's like, that's not good here. Take like some, some of this and some of that. And like before, you know, you have like. Like a double double from in and out. And you're like, I didn't want I don't eat meat. Yeah. I don't want this. Um, that was a horrible, yeah. horrible comparison. No, it
0: was great. I totally agree with you. And like you were so passionate about the idea. You're so excited to write. You wrote it so quickly. Like all of these are indicators that your gut is right. And I would hesitate to to not listen to your gut on this one.
1: So it was just Zentasha coming out.
0: Aloha man.
1: Aloha. oh, we're still on Aloha. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> It still exists.
0: So I guess let's uh, let's get into how like how how are you going to rethink this now that you have these notes now that you are are torn between like the big genre version and your gut version like how are you what's the next step for you
1: I've already kind of started to write note, notes down of how to create some drama with the characters and maybe elevate the concept just a bit I'm going to try it I'm going to try that route just to know and if it and I'll send it to group and it send it mm-hmm. to, but if it like completely changes what the story is, then yeah. uh, I'm not going to do that. But I, my next step is I'm just going to do another pass on it with adding in some of the elements that we talked about before group with, uh, with your manager, with my manager and I'm going to just see if it works. Yeah. But I'm going to try to keep the core.
0: Yeah. Do you think you're going to change scenes at all or just work within the scenes and the structure that you currently have or don't know yet?
1: I don't know yet. I think I've already started to well, let me re- I do kind of know. Some scenes are absolutely going to change, but um some are not going to change. Like there's the I think there's a party, for instance, at mm-hmm. in my in my pilot. Like that's not going to change. There's still going to be a, a party and but maybe there's just more there's a different nuance to some of the conversations and
0: Yeah. I think if there's like an objective to the party because it felt like the characters just go to the party and the party is about meeting the characters but yeah. if they have like something they need to get out of it and it can be something small like information about the pta sure is, is it called the pta who yeah. like, like it could be something small but like that all of the different people at the party are obstacles to getting that thing then i think it suddenly the party like has a purpose because the party itself was was great. Like I, it's clear that we're meeting a lot of the characters we're gonna know for the rest of the se- season, the series. Um, the environment is immediately clear because this party is nuts. Um, but they're all just parents, so yeah, that's a key scene. It's great.
1: One other thing that I'm gonna try to do is like I was like my my couple was this loving couple. They didn't really have many problems, but I'm going to like I we were talking about try to add some drama. I think I'm gonna maybe make them a little bit more insecure, maybe add uh, I'm just gonna try to add some things into the to yeah, to their character. even if like
0: one of them doesn't want their daughter to go to this school and one very much does and they've just listened to the mom, for instance, and the dad is still like, I don't want to do this. Like that's at least conflict that's not like there's something inherently wrong in their relationship. but there is something they can argue about that's that they disagree on,
1: yeah. And your next step with Dave
0: oh god so we again we have to like rebreak the whole pilot
1: how do you so, feel about let's just pause real quickly when that when that idea comes in your brain where are yeah. you mentally
0: it's exhausting like there's a part of you that wants to give up because you've worked so hard on this and i'm i'm also redoing the pilot on my other show that i mentioned earlier in this week in writing it's it's a lot but as we've talked about on the podcast before like you know in your gut when you have to and we have to and yeah. so we we because it's the Thanksgiving holiday here. We're we're not going to meet for another week or two, so I think that's maybe helpful in a way to sort of give us a break from like the emotions of this. Um, mm-hmm. But for us, the next step is going to be thinking about okay, like, really going back to theme. Like, what is the theme of the show in general, and then how do we make it so clear that this first episode is about this idea? And all the other stuff, the supernatural stuff, the flashbacks, like that, is all going to be in service of this larger theme, but not cloud like the idea of what this this pilot is. So, actually, sure. speaking of Mike Flanagan, um, I started thinking about the Haunting of Hill House pilot, which is has supernatural aspects to it, but it doesn't like overwhelm the episode. It doesn't uh, cloud what the show is about. It doesn't. Um, become too busy with like weirdness it's just very subtly sort of seeded in and then kind of punches you in the face right at the end and so like that's a structure that is what we intended anyway so we're going to look at that and then i think the pilot of haunting of hill house also does an incredible job it follows one main character Steve, Stephen. Um, but you get his family, right? You see different parts of his family. You know that there's other characters we're going to invest in later. But we have a, a point of view that's our way into the show. And he has a very specific point of view on the world. He does not believe in the supernatural. He does not believe in ghosts. And... Um, he has been estranged from his family because of his beliefs that what happened when they were kids didn't actually happen. And so that informs the entire pilot. Every conversation he has on the on the phone, in person, with his family is all kind of pointing back to this sort of problem in his life mm-hmm. about not believing his family. Um, so I think that's something <laughs> we want to look at as well um, is – Is how to make sure that all of our scenes are pointing back to the theme and like the subject matter of our show. Yeah. And um, I'm excited by that because I think I can already see that the show is going to be much stronger. And I think it will challenge us to really hone in on, for example, like the introduction of our characters or um, what our midpoint actually is. I think as we talked after writers group we're like there are some really cliche moments like josh hated one of our characters who was like yeah this guy's a cliche and i was like he is a cliche i've hated him ever since we created him but i didn't know what else to do there so now we're both like we in our gut we knew so we had to follow our gut and we're gonna get fucking rid of him um and just be better writers we're just gonna be better writers that's our next step (laughs)
1: Listen, you don't have to get rid of him. I just thought when you saw him, you knew something bad was going to happen.
0: You're right. He's ter- like- it's, it's terrible.
1: It, no, it, it's not. <laughs> I'm not saying that. All, I'm saying that it it was it was that's all.
0: It was our first draft. Now it's our second draft. But it was it was it's not good. We're we're restarting.
1: In fairness, there was a lot of things that weren't pinged the first time through. And I did. I can't even believe I didn't bring up the cliche guy. I didn't think he was that cliche, by the way. But anyway,
0: he's pretty cliche.
1: And that was your group was a perfect example of. Personally, I really like the. I think I love. <laughs> I love this concept, and I re- yeah. I really do. Like, and I told you in your in your pilot, when these women get together, I feel like it's the 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 car is off and running, and I yeah. love that. I just love seeing their dynamic together. And so my whole part, my issue was like the setup of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Having said that, everyone else was bringing up some points that some i agreed with and um but i love it that's the the core of your um show and that pilot is, is great yeah. i love this idea just i'm glad you're sticking with it because
0: oh for sure we love it okay. too and there's definitely a lot about it we love that we're excited about and we're i we're excited to rebreak it it's like exhausting okay, to think about but um i think we both see what the show can be now like a really prestige, really great show. So uh, we're we're excited to re-break it.
1: Listener, if you could have heard the notes that were thrown at Tosh and Dave, you would be in awe that they're still writing this thing. That, <laughs> I that was, you guys were getting so many opinions at one point. I was like, I don't know, man.
0: <laughs> oh God! I, I told afterwards. Dave texted me. He's like, Oh, that went well with your manager, right? <laughs> <Dave>. <laughs> and like she she seemed to like it. I was like, No, she hated it. <laughs> she was just smiling because she's in writer's group and she's with you guys but if we were just on a conversation alone she would have been like i don't understand what this is i don't understand where it's going like what is this why are you writing it (laughs) oh god um but she's very kind on the actual writer's group Very i I just need to have notes all the time with her in writer's group. That's the way to survive. <laughs>
1: Bring her in. She's amazing. She came in. We talked. She gave me notes that were actually really freaking helpful. She didn't even read the pilot. <laughs>
0: yeah, she's she's super insightful because she also has produced a bunch of television and movies. So she comes at it from a perspective that's that's outside uh, outside us.
1: Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Is there more?
0: No, that's it. I feel like um, as part of our, our continual spec check, which... We didn't do because we don't really have one. I guess this is our spec check. This is where we are with our pilots. Um, We'll continue to update you on where we are with this clarity of concept problem. But also, if you guys have a clarity of concept problem, like you've gotten that note, or you yourself are like, I don't know if I've really clarified what the hell this show is about, let Mm -hmm. us know because we can talk about it. You can sign on to our Patreon. We can talk about it in the writer's chat community.
1: For sure. Um,
0: All the things. So. Yeah, this is this is this is great. I'm excited. Blah. Me too. Okay. <laughs> Quote of the day. <laughs> I've never read a book or intended a class on screenwriting. I'm not opposed to the idea, but I like what I've got going on naturally and want to protect that. The one question I will ask myself as I'm rereading a script for the sixtieth time is Am I entertained? Am I entertained still? And if the answer is yes, I'll assume other people will be too. Wentworth Miller. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act Two Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha
1: 3.0. I'm Joshua Hallman on Twitter, Josh Hallman on Instagram.
0: And as always, the Act Two podcast is a production of Act Two, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist. <laughs>